What's up, everybody? This is Cha-Cha Mystique, and we at another Wednesday with your favorite WCW. Tonight, we're supposed to have an exclusive interview with hip-hop's legendary artist, Fred Joe Starr, actor, all that good, all that good stuff. So we're just waiting for him to step in a building. Um, I kind of want to play some of his joints while we wait, you know. What's up, Amir? I see you be joining my live every week faithfully. Thank you for that. I appreciate your love and, and, and support. Yeah, let me go get my stuff because he has a lot going on. He just did the New Year's show in Russia with Onyx. So we're going to be talking about that. He has a, a solo project, Solo on Fire, and he just did uh, uh, dropped a new single with other another iconic artist, Sheik Luch, called Five AM. What's up, or a all day? What's up, Mo Money Green? How are y'all today? I'm trying to get into some tunes right now while we wait. But hell yeah, how was y'all week though? I'm going to sit here and get some music going on for you guys. The show was supposed to start at 8.30, but, you know, things change. So, you got to change with the time, right? I don't know why my thing is giving me a hard time doing this. Oh, Fredro Star is in the building. Yes. How you doing? We're about to get you up on. I'm trying to play some of your music right now so we can vibe to it. Hell yeah. Let me take this off. Mm-hmm. All these switch accounts and all of that. Let's add you in. Yes! Hey! <laughs> he coming in rapping the whole entire vibe right now. Shout out to K Slay. Shout out to Harlem in the building. We got Queens in the building up in here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to K Slay. He just he just threw that new joint I got with Sheik Loose called 5 a.m. Produced by my man Jay Wex, man. You know what I'm saying? That's that's that New York hip hop we need right there, you heard? Yeah, I think that's something that the the industry has been lacking these days. What you think? I mean, you know, it's it's you still got niggas doing their thing, you know what I mean? But um for the most part connecting with Sheep Loose from Locks, D Block was um 
I've always been a fan of D-Block, you know what I'm saying? Like, when the locks came out, we looked at them, because they came out after us, we looked at them like, oh, shit. We got we got some new niggas, and, you know, Jada, Styles, and, and she, they always was, was repping what we like, that real street hip-hop, that street <laughs> Yeah, so you got the new joint. Was it how was it like? Did you um have to send off tracks back and forth, or what? Did you have an in studio vibe session with him? Nah, we didn't have an in studio vibe because of the COVID. And um, I was in LA, and my man Jay Wex he produced it. He sent me the track, sent me the track, a couple of dollars, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Um, I knocked it out. And then he sent it to Sheik, and Sheik was like, yo, I got to get on that joint, you know what I'm saying? But the way Sheik came on the record, it sounded like we was in the studio together because the way he the way he did it, the way he did it going into the, the hook and his whole energy, it just it just felt like we was in the same room. Like, I guess we got the same vibe, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Your energy, too, as well. You know, you, you got that high-frequency energy. You know, it gives you that, you know, classic feel, but you know you're stepping into something new when you hear the track. So, right. you know, I really I really digging it. But you got a lot of other stuff going on, too. Like, you just finished coming back from Russia. Like, how was that? <laughs> Yo, it's crazy, man. Yeah, we was in Russia. We went out there for literally... 24 hours because we had we had a date we were supposed to be there on the 27th or the 28th or something like that and then they was like yo come on the 30th I'm like yo my nigga this is this is family time you know the kid the kids are still playing with, with Christmas presents and shit you know and I didn't feel like leaving the crib you know what I'm saying but we got so much love in Russia and the bag was extremely heavy so we had to get on that plane and get that bag. And um, when we when we was coming back on that plane with that with that with that bag, we was like Happy New Year, you know what I'm saying? Um, cause you know this year is crazy because nobody was on tour. We didn't do no shows really. So that yeah. was kind of like the first live show we did like since like March. You know what I'm saying? So, so but how, how was that like doing a live show during quarantine? Like, what were some of the differences that you saw compared to when outside was normal? Well, first of all, we had to take a COVID test. You know what I'm saying? We had to take a COVID test before we got on the plane. And, um, you know, Onyx is probably one of the only American groups with a, a multi-entry visa to get into Russia. So just just that alone, just the, taking a COVID test, taking that flight, that was, that was an experience. You know what I'm saying? But when we got there, the shit was kind of like, kind of like America. Everything locked down. You know what I'm saying? You can't eat in no restaurants and shit. And, um... It wasn't a lot of people at the shows because when we go to Russia, the shows is like 2,000, 3,000 kids. It was like 500, 500 people there and the club was a big-ass club. So it felt it felt weird because it wasn't the same energy that we usually get when we go to Russia or, you know what I'm saying, doing live shows. But for the most part, it was, it was, it was ill, man, just to see, you know, Russia in the COVID. You know what I'm saying? It's, the world is fucked up right now, straight up, man. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that was amazing that you were still able to work because not a lot of artists are working right now. They, you know, nobody's being um, booking them to do any kind of shows, whether um, at home or overseas. So you are very blessed um, to that effect. Now, Onyx has been doing music for so long and 
you also have a great solo career as well as an actor career. Is this something that you um, and Sticky Fingers had to really sit down and plan, or y'all was already in the groove of things uh, to be able to um, do this tour, this Russia tour, and, and other projects? It was it was just one date in Russia. It wasn't a tour. It was just one date. Okay. Um, like I said, they get they paid us a lot of bread. You know what I'm saying? It was it was, it was corporate money. Um, we went out there and um, just had a great time. But you know, as far as like Onyx and doing a solo career with with my nigga Sticky, you know, we we always been solo artists before we even got with the Onyx shit. We was always, you know, doing our own thing. And then when the Onyx came thing with Jam Master J, it just was like, yo, this is the crew, this is the click. We gonna we gonna rock out, man. So. You know, shout to Big DS, rest in peace to Big DS, rest in peace to Jam Master J, rest in peace to Shot Skills, um, rest in peace to X1, all my Onyx niggas who ain't here no more. We still got the flags popping. We still doing our thing, man, Sticky holding it down. New Onyx album on the way, Onyx for life. So, yeah. Yes. Now, w would there ever be a time where Sonny Caesar would be a part of Onyx again? You know, because I know that he performed with y'all in the past. Sun C, um, that nigga Sunsea don't he don't want to rhyme no more. He don't want to. He don't want to rhyme. We got. I, I spoke to Sunsea about two weeks ago. We spoke on the phone for about an hour, man. You know, it's always that's gonna always be my brother. My, you know, it's my dude. You know what I'm saying? But you know, niggas niggas get older and they go their separate ways and have different, um, different views of life. You know what I'm saying? So Sunsea basically doing his own thing. You know what I mean? But it's always love. And if, you know, if we got a show, Sunsea pop out once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Sunsea pop out once in a while. But as far as, like, Sunsea recording with Onyx, I don't think that would happen because when we was doing the Onyx for Life album, the new album, he didn't want to... He was like, yo, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So I had to respect that. Had yeah. To respect that. But me and Stick, man, that's my cousin, my little cousin. We, we blood cousins, mothers, sisters. So um, it's a family business with us. You know, I yes. business. This is something that, you know, my kids, his kids is gonna, you know, once we get older, they gonna take over the brand because one thing about hip hop and music in general, it it lasts forever. Your royalty checks never stop coming, even if you die. Like it 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 keeps going. The logo, the brand is gonna stay alive, and you know, this is a family business. So me and Stick, we all we, we gonna do this to the wheels for a You know. Yes. Yeah. Now, since we, you know, talking about, you know, the golden era and paying homage to the people who came out with you guys and was a part of the Onyx uh, thing, too. Is it true that there's an unreleased song with you, Tretch, and Biggie that was supposed to be released for the Who's the Man soundtrack, but just it never happened? Yeah, there's a song called Flip That Shit. Um, this And this song called Flip That Shit, it's actually, people can, you know, you can actually, it's on YouTube. I mean, it's on YouTube. It's on the, the platforms and shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it was never released. Officially. Officially, you know what I'm saying? And um, that was the first time Naughty by Nature or Onyx heard Biggie Rom. Because we was in the studio 1993, early 93, you know what I'm saying? This is, I think this is before, now nah, this is after the Onyx album came out. Yeah, this is after the Onyx album came out, Back the Fuck Up. And we got a call from Jam Master J that this dude named uh, Puffy, some dude named Puffy wanted us to come to the studio and do this record with, with some nigga named Big. I, we ain't, I never heard of Puff. 
I never heard yeah. like I've never heard of none of them niggas. You know what I'm saying at that time. And um, he was like, "Fuck, what we going to the studio? We don't even know who that is." He was like, "Yo, believe me, get in the studio." So we got to the studio, and that's the first time I saw Biggie Smalls. The first time anybody saw Biggie Smalls. First time anybody ever even heard of Biggie Smalls. So yeah, that song was um, that song was ill because that's the first time we heard the greatest rapper. Wow. And I'm so happy that you, you know, shared that moment in time with us, especially with the late, great Biggie Smalls. But um, and you worked with a lot of uh, late, great um, people, whether it was actors and stuff like that. So since we in that, I guess, little segment of paying homage to our fallen um, soldiers, I'm going to name uh, a few names. I want to play a game with you. I'm going to name a few names. And can you give us like a, a quick story in memory of them? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Rest in peace to everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's representing... You know what I'm saying? Who got signed to Heaven Records, man. Straight up. Let's do it. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Merlin Santana. Merlin Santana. If people don't know who Merlin Santana is, he was on Steve Harvey's show. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know his name on the show. but um, Romeo. Romeo, right. Romeo. It's a yo. Here's the shit with Merlin Santana. Now this is you hand it first. Nobody ever heard this story. So exclusive. <laughs> Merlin Santana. I'm the first time I met Merlin Santana was on 125th in front of the Apollo. 125th used to be popping in the summertime. Everybody had their cars up there. You know what I'm saying? Everybody rocking and shit. The whole 125th was crazy. So I had a red BMW drop top. 325 BBS's dropped. A matter of fact, I had snitches on my shit. I had snitches. I ain't have the BBS. I had the BBs and I took them off and got the snitches, the rims. So I had the I had the snitches, the red BMW drop top 325. This is like 1994. And um Merlin Santana pulled up on me. He had the blue joint. He had the like electric blue drop top. And um he pulled up and we back to back and shit. He gets out. He's like, yo, what up, man? Woo -woo. Woo -woo. Yo, Onyx, woo -woo. and this is before Moesha, all that shit. So he's like, yo, I'm from the Cosby show. And I was like, oh yeah, you the nigga on the Cosby show. Woo -woo. So we we yo, we we connected on 125. And I'm like, yo, so we chilling the whole the whole shit, chilling, smoking, whatever, whatever. Harlem in the building. <laughs> okay. He's from Harlem too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's from Harlem. So we chilling, you no, know, we got the same car, whatever, whatever. So boom, years later. I mean, I think it may made like a year later, I get the job and do Moesha. The crazy shit is Merlin was on Moesha before me. He was playing, you know, the love interest before I got there. So um, when I got there, he got fired or whatever. And then he started doing the Steve Harvey show. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that was that was a nigga from 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 New York. I met. OK, woo woo. So everything is cool. You know what I'm saying? But then um, there was a little problem me and Merlin had. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why the problem happened, but me and Merlin, we had a problem. Like, you know what I'm saying? He didn't like me for some reason, and it just got crazy. To make a long story short, we had a little problem in L.A., you know what I'm saying? Never came to no physical shit. But um, I was living in a building called the Academy. And after we had the, you know, niggas talking shit back and forth, the nigga moves in my building. 
So I'm in the elevator. He's in the elevator. I'm in the elevator. Wow. He's in the elevator. We looking at each other like this. And I, we just started laughing like, yo, like, and then after that, after that elevator incident, me and him got cool. We, I'm going to his crib and apartment. He coming to my crib. We smoking weed. Everything was smooth. And that's how the shit ended. You know what I'm saying? And this is before, you know, Merlin got, before he got killed in LA, man. Me and him was cool. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we, we had a special connection because we, we both was from New York and we was in LA doing this this, this TV show shit. And um, Signals got caught, but we got cool and, that's that's real nigga shit. You could go through some shit with a nigga and still eyeing this shit out and still be real niggas could be real niggas and that's what happened. And you know, rest in peace to Merlin, man. Talented young brother. Beautiful, beautiful brother, man. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful brother, man. Word. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You ready for the next name? Uh yeah, let's go. Lamont Bentley. Uh, also known as Hakeem. Hakeem the Dream. <laughs> Hakeem the Dream. If people don't know who Lamont Bentley is, Lamont Bentley was my best friend in LA. You know what I'm saying? I was shooting Moesha. He was the co-star of Moesha. He was the, the neighbor. Funny motherfucker, man. He was one of... Yo, I think Lamont Bentley would have been Kevin Hart. Like, I think he would have been that guy. If he if he wouldn't have passed because he's funny and he's funny like animated funny like Kevin Hart like he's animated funny he would have definitely been that guy if he wouldn't have passed you know what I'm saying um he died in a car car crash and um the night the night he died the night I never, the night Lamont Bentley died he called me he called me he's like yo I'm going to the club, nigga, come out, pop out. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll meet you there, woo woo, you know what I'm saying? And um, at this time, I had bought a, um, a S500, Mercedes-Benz, big. I'm a, I'm a, yo, this shit was too big for me. I'm, I'm, this shit was crazy, like, so Lamont Bentley bought the same car. That's how close we was. I got one, he got one. So we both had the S550s, we was doing our thing in Hollywood, popping bottles, running up the clubs, doing our thing. So he called me that night like, yo, I'm going out, pop out. I'm like, all right, I'll meet you up there. I fell asleep that night. Fell asleep. When I woke up, I got the news Lamont Billy had passed and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, that shit was just crazy, man. But we had a lot of good times on the set of Moesha. That was my smoking buddy. We would smoke weed. Before every fucking, before every taping of Moesha, me and Lamont Bentley like this, we, we blowing it down. We blowing it down. We blowing it down with no shirts on because we didn't want to smell like weed and shit. So before we filmed Moesha, we would go to like the parking lot upstairs. Ray J was with us too. We was going upstairs, taking our shirts off, blowing it down before the set. So when you watch Moesha, niggas is blunted. Every, <laughs> every episode just blunted. But well, that, well, that that's a fun fact, and and I'm glad for sure. Wow. Well, I want to give you a few more names and then we can move on. I do because you got a lot going on and I want to make sure that I get everything. Um, another uh, name would be Yvette Wilson. Mm. Yvette. She played Andel on Moesha. People don't know if you watch Moesha. She's the, 
she played Andell, who was we would go to this like like donut shop type of ca you know cafe, and she was the the waitress. She's mad funny, man. And, and she played it Friday too, as um the the going after Chris Tucker character, you know the the one that's supposed to look like Janet Jackson, but came out with the big booty and you know all of that when they met up. So that was another funny scene. Great comedian, yeah. Uh, I don't really have any like set stories with, with Yvette because her whole personality she was just naturally funny like she didn't even she was like big she was like like big sis you know what I'm saying and um she had she had some 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 shit with her because when she talked everybody just shut up and listen you know what I'm saying like she was like 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 the auntie on the set you know what I'm saying so we always respected her like that gave her her flowers and she was she probably was she probably her and and I would say Countess Vaughn was probably the funniest things on my wish. And Lamont Bentley, it was a funny cast, man. It was just 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 we, we just made classics with that. But yeah. Before we move on to the next name, do you feel like a lot of your your personality um came from these people? Like, you know, because you know, those were the time of your developing years as well. So, you know, do do you see um, a lot of them within yourself even to this day? Um, yeah, man. You know, I always hold special when you have special memories and lessons with life lessons with these people. You know what I'm saying? Because especially Lamont Bentley, when we talking about like Moesha, because that was my, like I said, my best friend. So after the set, I was at his crib. He had my crib. We smoking. We rhyming. Niggas was in the studio rhyming. Like, he he was a nice... He, nigga could rhyme, too. Lamar Bentley was nice with the mic. You know what I'm saying? On some old... Okay, he had bars. <laughs> yeah, we, had a, we had a group in Moesha, CPQ and all that. You know what I'm saying? But... Yeah, but that's that's different than doing it in real life, nah, you know? Nah, nah, Shout Shout to my man Typhoon. He do his thing. He be doing his thing with the LA Rams right now. He was... He was he was uh, part of Lamar Bentley's crew. Um, Yeah, we, we was rapping, man. So... Yo, you know, it's it's always those lessons you learn with these guys, man. Lamont Billy, man, this dude, he would have like um like every Sunday at his crib, we would go to to Lamont crib and he would have like straight gang banging niggas in his crib. And it was these kids from Brooklyn, New York that was out here called the Rose family. And them and them dudes was like five percenters. You know what I'm saying? So Every Sunday, we would go to Lamont Bentley crib and we would build in his garage. There would be some gangbang niggas and some five niggas from New York. And we would talk about real shit, like like almost like a church. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, that's that was what we was doing. We wasn't just, you know, joking and playing. We was really building, too. Like, we was building with some real niggas, man. You know, he was, Lamont was, was a smart dude, smart, man. That was my little bro, man. That's my little bro. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm ready to give you one more name. Well, that's only three. You said four, but okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, we could keep going. You nah, know, the reason more, why I'm doing this. One more is good because because we could do this all day. Because so many. So I know, I know, I know. But the reason why I'm picking these people in particular because. You know, you don't really hear stories about them anymore. And I want to take a moment to, like, 
you know, give them their flowers and recognition and because they've made an impact on people's lives, us watching these shows, you know, every week, you know, being their fans and stuff like that. And, you know, time moves by so fast and especially with everything so microwavable right now, and you know, people losing people at a, an alarming rate. Right. It's it's good to sit back and and you know, because let's not forget these people. Because, you know, because they can't tell a story. They can't tell a story no more. So exactly, we live on. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm always I always like to reflect on the past because if you don't know, the past sets your future because your past is your you know your lessons. Like life is a ladder, so every step on a ladder. You remember that, you know what I'm saying? Because you can't skip a step on a ladder. You, you know what I mean? You might fall. So everything is important. Every lesson is important, whether it's good or bad. So yeah, it's good that we're talking about, you know, the um the king swing here. So who's the next? Who's the next? Who's the next? <laughs> well, this one is more personal to you, Big DS. Can you share a dope story in memory of? Rest in peace, Big DS. Big DS, little cousin right now, is a, he's he's about to be a big TV star, man. So shout to Fletch Five and um, so he got a whole whole crew of 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 siblings from his brothers, uh, from his brother, their kids. So Big DS legacy is moving on. The Fletcher name is moving on. I just wanted to let you know that. Rest in peace, the Big DS. I put a hole in your chest. Now, Big DS was my best friend. That's how we started Onyx. You know what I'm saying? Sticky was my cousin. Big DS was my best friend. Sun C was my nigga. So that's how Onyx was formed. And um, a story about Big DS. I'm going to tell you a story about Big DS, but this ain't, it's not a funny story, but I think Big DS was... One of the main reasons Onyx became who he became. I'll never forget this shit. And I just was talking about this on a, um, another interview, but Big DS, had a, he had a Bronco, a white Bronco, the same Bronco OJ Simpson had. Same shit, white Bronco. So when I seen OJ Simpson, I was like, oh shit, that nigga got Big DS Bronco. <laughs> but anyway, Big DS had a white Bronco. And um, we was going to D.C. somewhere. And we was we was driving in Big DS Bronco. And this nigga pops in the NWA tape. Now we was listening to De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, you know, fucking that type of shit. And this nigga pops in the fucking NWA tape. We like, yo, what the fuck is this? Turn this shit off. He was like, nigga, this is my car. I'm playing what I want to play in this shit. So we was forced to listen to NWA the whole fucking ride back and forth. So fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> fuck the police, all that shit. Like, but after that we listened to that, I think that shit triggered the fucking next movement of how we was gonna come with our rap style. You know what I'm saying? Because Life started getting real. Niggas was 17, 18. Niggas was dying. Niggas getting shot. Niggas selling drugs. It was crazy in the hood. And the NWA tape kind of set the vibe for the back the fuck up era. Because if you really think about it, back the fuck up was like NWA for the East Coast. Then you had like Snoop Dogg and, 
you know what I'm saying, Dr. Drain, them niggas was taking over. So back the fuck up was the answer to that shit. Like, we was the, this was the hard shit for New York. Y'all got the hard shit. Y'all doing the gangster shit in LA. This is the hard shit for New York. So yeah, y'all definitely changed the sound. The big DS, you know, yeah, and white Bronco. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for that bright, that white Bronco, word. Yes, I mean, I mean, this is so great. You know, talking about these people, and I just want to say rest in peace to to everybody, all our fallen soldiers, even ones that's not um, mentioned um, in this game that we play. You know. But yeah, shout out to and salute to all those people and love and memory. You know, let let let's not forget about them moving forward. So I mean, for Moesha, I mean, you starred in a lot of different things. You know, um, and like I said, even when we was just talking about the the um the Russia performance where you was active, you was also starring in a, a very controversial film, a film that really needed to be um, talking about, uh, you know, what was going on, equal standards. Yo, so, I mean, it's star-studded, Ice-T, you got Trash, we talked about Trash earlier, you know, so what was that experience like? Yo, first I want to shout out, you know, the, the, the director, producer, writer, Taim, um, yes. Talented brother. Um, I met him, and and when I met him, he reminded me of somebody. So, yo, he reminded me of my man Diamond D from Queens, and Diamond D was my, my that was my dude, man. You know what I'm saying? And um, he passed on. Shout out to Queensbridge too. We got to so, shout out shout Queensbridge, Southside Queens. That's Southside Queens, my nigga Diamond D from Southside. And when I met Tahin, he just reminded me of of Diamond D. He just had that we connection. So when he approached me with the film Equal Standard and I read the script, I was like, yo, this is this is Academy Award type shit, my dude. Like I like I'm like, do you really know what you got here? Like, this is crazy. So I popped out, you know what I'm saying? Just on the strength, like nothing. Like, don't I don't need nothing. Just tell me where to go and I'm there. You know what I'm saying? He put a, a great cast together. And then what the movie was talking about with the police relationship with the, you know, with, with the community. And he hit it from all different angles, not just the nigga side. He hit it from the police side too. Like everybody had their opinion and their, you know, um, balance in the film. So that's what I really liked about that script. Especially like the gang, the gang community. And then your average Joe, like yeah, I, that, that's a, yeah, I really, I agree with you. I really love that aspect of the uh, of the movie. Like you saw it through uh, all these different um, eyes and experiences. Yeah, and the actors, yo, the actors in equal standard, man. Like every actor in the movie was dope. It's too many to name, but every actor was. I watched it. I'm like, damn, this shit is ill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's called Equal Standard. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's not on Netflix. He didn't Netflix try to lowball him and try to play him. And he, he stuck to his guns and we didn't go that direction. But you can go to Equal Standard. Just just Google it and watch it. I think it's on, on Vimeo or Vimeo, one of them joints like that. But um, yeah, man, tap in with that. Yeah. What what do you feel like? Because I, I see that you are political as well. You know, you have tracks at, um on Soul on Fire that, you know, um 
gives you know gives your thought process about it. I'm gonna ask you a few questions about that too. But before I do, how do you feel that needs to be changed as far as like um, police reform and and things like that? Well, so we won't have to be going through um, stuff like equal standards. Well, listen, man, we just need to have yo check this out. Now, what if all of the Black Lives Matter, the young, you know, the guys that was marching, with the guys who, what if they all became police? Then we can do the protest, do the, you know what I'm saying, inside the, inside the police force, you know what I'm saying? So now, if you got people who's representing the Black culture and representing Black Lives Matter to the fullest, if, if, if they're cops, then I think it could be more regulated as far as how white officers deal with people in the black community. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't be, they'd be like, nah, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like, if you're a black or white cop, if the white cop doing some shit, the black cop most of the time won't even say nothing. You know what I'm saying? He'd be like, he'll be with it because he ain't black, he's blue. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's really crazy with this police shit. I just think there should be more black police officers, more money for the police force, so you know, these motherfuckers won't be so fucking mad going to work. These niggas don't get no money. I'd be mad too if I was a fucking police. These niggas ain't getting no bread. So I think if it was more an incentive for black people to be a police officer, if it was more money on the table, they would probably do it. So yeah, yeah. I think, man, but it's this this equal standard, that that movie, that movie has been happening since fucking that movie is every year. That movie is right on time every year. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's right on time every year because last year was like that, the year before. Every year, police and they sending brothers to jail. Shout the live and direct um, on air. They trying to get brothers out of jail. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man, this shit is real. They locking niggas up. It's, it's a big fucking system. You know what I'm saying? It's a big system that they created and we trapped in that motherfucker straight up. You know what I'm saying, like, yeah. like I said, I'm trapped in a maze. This shit is real, like you know. That's a fact. So, what do you feel about um, Ice Cube's black contract? Um, did it? Do you feel like it was rightful that he was he had to suffer through all this ridicule, or he had his best interest in heart to try to step up for the black community? Um, I don't know if he really suffered from the ridicule. You know what I'm saying? I just think Ice Cube is. You know, I, I that's my big bro. You you watch the movie Talk, that's my brother in the movie. So I yeah. I got to share, like I was on a set with Ice Cube and I was just like, I couldn't believe it that I was playing Ice Cube's little brother. And, you know, it was crazy because I think I had to tell him, I'm like, my, I don't think he realized. I was like, yo, my dude, do you, I don't think you know, was, this is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for me. So I think Ice Cube was a strong person. Yo, I think it was was everything he said was a thousand percent correct. What what we get? Me too. I have, I have a great head, and I hope he keeps going. I hope he I hope he doesn't stop. Fucker, we could vote for that motherfucker, but what are we getting? We, W E, you know what I'm saying? What we getting? Nobody, and we still ain't get the black contract or the platinum plan or whatever the fuck. We know what I'm saying? We ain't gonna never get that shit. Never. We never gonna get reparations. You think we you think we were finessed out of that? Of course we were finessed out of that when they was like we're gonna give you forty acres in a mule. That's when the shit 
we've been finessed out of that. Like, we've been finessed. They was like, all right, cool. Slavery is over, but we're going to find more ways where slavery can still continue. We're going to put these niggas in jail. We're going to motherfucking put guns in the hood. We're going we gonna to put crack in the hood. We're going we gonna to make these motherfuckers still be slaves to the system. Well, in your song Punk MCs, you um um had a bar talking about Obama, but then it changed in the, in one of your um <laughs> I had to, in another song. Oh. I'm a, I'm a, it's gonna come to me oh, in another song. But you know what song I'm talking about? Um, why did that change? Why did that perception change? And how do you feel about uh um Barack Obama now? All right, so the song Punk MCs, I said. I said, Obama, would you please come back, sir? Since you left the White House, got whacker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like it was an old to five dog that that flow, but um, that was just you know cool flow. But at the same time, when I did the song reparations, all I said was Obama couldn't even change America. And what I meant by that is, even when Obama was in office, black kids were still getting fucking shot by police. Like we still was. Broke niggas still, we still ain't get reparations. We still had to, there was still fucking drugs, and, you know. We still was where we was at, no matter who's gonna be the president. That's what I meant by that. Of course, he was a great president and he gave a lot of people strength because when Obama became president, I was crying. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh shit, oh. I mean, everybody was crying around Every black nigga was crying when Obama was president. And I was hot too, but you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, but at the same time, you got to go out and get it. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter who, you got to go out and get it. No matter who, what you doing. Sleep is for billionaires. Shout to my nigga, you know, got the podcast, Sleep is for Billionaires. I like that. I like that. And not sleep out here. You got to, Keep your shit moving. Stay active. Stay moving. Never stay put. Never stay healthy. Get your money. Push ups and pray. All that. That's a fact. You know what I mean? That's a fact. So, so you see that we are um, in the vaccines era, and you talk about that in everyday hell. How do you feel about that now? Is your perspective changing? Do you um, see that it's going to be easier for hip-hop artists to get vaccines because, you know, people are are dying to start performing again and, Yo. you know, th that may be part of the restrictions? No, Sean, listen. That vaccine shit, I'm going to be the last one. <laughs> Y'all go first. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool. I'm cool, like, I mean, if they gonna start kicking down doors and all that shit, if you gotta take a vaccine, like, to tour, that's gonna be crazy, man. That's just, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just some weird government shit. I don't know. I've, I've taken a vaccine before, so it's not like I ain't gonna be... My, my, my kids get vaccines to go to school. You know what I'm saying? I hate sitting my kid there and letting the doctor stick a needle in that nigga. That's, I, I hate that. You know, he he be looking at me like, yo, why are you letting this nigga stick a needle in me? You know what I'm saying? It's just that's just the way it is. So we 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 always been getting vaccines, but I want to be the last nigga online for this one. Straight up, let them niggas get the let them work it out first. You know what I'm saying? Like let niggas work it out. Niggas be 
turning green and falling out and all that. I ain't for niggas. Nah, I'm cool. Let niggas figure that shit out. Yes. So as so we can back, see, so my back, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Princess Black smoking some Elyon, smoking some good weed. You deal with, you know what I mean? With a blood clot, and I deal with no vaccine. <laughs> blood clot. <laughs> no way, man. Me, I smoke the herb. You know what I mean? Straight up, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. I, I'm. I'm. I don't want no parts. Me personally, I don't want no parts of that shit. Uh, that. But you know, I, I'm just curious how you know people would uh, protest, or even if they would protest, would they you know automatically submit because you know the government does have a situation where you know um, people's livelihoods would depend on for the you know for at some part you know would depend on it. So it's kind of weird. You know, it's going to be weird to watch it play out. So I'm just curious, you know, how people felt about it. Yeah. But yeah, so it seems like, you know, this is proof that, you know, Soul on Fire is definitely with the times. You know, what was going through your mind when you was coming up with this album or a new EP? I mean, I mean, I got, I mean, it's just soul, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a soul dude, like Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke. You know, I'm 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 in that I'm in that zone always. Like I just love soul music. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's just Al Green. You know that type of that type of vibe. I've always been into soul music. You know, my pops when I was my pops had a duster, man. Word up. We used to drive from New York all the way to Alabama. Shout to all my 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 family in Alabama, man. He used to play the Drifters and. He used to play um, Smokey Robinson, all of these cassettes, you know, these eight, eight tracks, you know, that's how early I got it. So Soul on Fire, the album is music that I've curated over a period of time that has that vibe, you know what I'm saying? Soul on Fire, joint, you can definitely vibe to that. You can listen to the whole shit straight through. You ain't got, it just puts you in a soulful, soulful vibe, you know yeah, smoke some weed, whatever you do, sativa, hybrid, zaza, whatever. Shout to Stack Town, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you do, you know what I'm saying? Do what you do and vibe to that. Yes. Speaking of vibes, do you have your own strand um, um, being farmed or, or something, um, an Onyx brand of that? Yeah, we working, working, man. We, we doing Princess Black. We was just um, doing a, like a street test with that. Shout to Three Seeds and um, Gip Goodies and the whole crew and the Weed Strain Exchange, uh, the World Strain Exchange. They deal with all weeds and all of that. So I've been rocking with them, but we we trying to still figure out what we want to do with the cannabis and how we want to come at it. But you got to check out the Onyx CBD. Now, CBD is worldwide. We ship worldwide. You know what I'm saying? You can go to Swiss. SwissX.com, tape it, Onyx. We got the whole pack. You can subscribe and get you some CBD. Smoke that. You can smoke that anywhere, everywhere. We got the rubs. We got the the whole kit. You know what I'm saying? Every month, just subscribe. You get that. So, yeah, we ship everywhere with the CBD because, you know, your mind and you got you to gotta ha not have stress in life. Stress-free. You know what I'm saying? So, CBD is perfect for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, 
I think we do need to, you know, mellow out. And, you know, how do you feel about these laws changing about, you know, um, marijuana or CBD? Because even CBD wasn't um, legal. So how do you feel about it? And, and some of the people who still suffering, you know, with these sentences that's, you know, still, you know, in jail I, now I, that these laws is changing. I think that every state that legalizes marijuana should release every person locked up for marijuana. It's like, okay, you're going to keep me in jail for something that's legal now? Like, okay, if it's legal now... I think they need to get exonerated. Like, sponge my record. And not only that, I think they need... They owe, like, a store. You need to give me a dispensary. Right. Or part in, or part in, a dis, a, in, in the business or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to have to put you on my team. You got great ideas. Great fucking idea. And, and I think, I don't know what's taking New York so long because New York is the fucking center of the earth. New York should be... Cuomo's talking about that shit now. He's tweeting about it or whatever. And I said the same thing under his in, under his comment, but Come on. let's see. I mean, you, 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 we can smoke and walk past police now. Crazy. But, you know, people... I'm talking, huh? talking about New York need to be like Cali... Yeah, I mean, you know, Denver, shit. Like, let's get fucking high. Like, you know what I mean? Fuck it, let's let's go. Straight up, you know what I mean? But yo, yeah, I mean, bounce. the the rule the rules and the laws is more lax now. But still, you know, a lot of people lost their freedoms, like basically their lives, off fucking weed charges. You know what, man? It's crazy. I, it, it, you know, it's it's just crazy, man. These these laws is crazy, but. I got to bounce because I got to check this game out. The Knicks is playing, man. The Knicks oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah, so I want to thank you for, for having this conversation with me. It was real lit. Yeah, we talked about a lot. Yeah, before we go, you know, I got the I got the podcast, Rappers and Ballers. You know, shout to Johnny Voga, um, my boy, you know what I'm saying? My co-host doing his thing. Um, we talk about sports and we talk about, you know, hip-hop, whatever, whatever. We... Tap into Rappers and Ballers. The podcast is definitely hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Beyonce's cousin and all that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, tap in with that. So I'm about to watch the game. Everybody, man, love is love. Catch me on Clubhouse. You know what I'm saying? Pop in the room. We doing what we do. And um, before we leave, Onyx for Life, new album coming out soon. Holla. Yes. Burn. Thank you. <laughs> Ugly face. Yeah, that was lit. And finally, we had the dope interview. That shit was so informative. Like, we really did talk about a lot. You know, we got, I mean, he was doing a lot. Like, equals from equal standards to his own CBD to his performance. Um, do, doing things in Russia, I mean, with Onyx again, because they did have uh, that video too. They was, um, they sh he showed on his Instagram them taping the one of the songs. So a lot has been going on with him. Equal Standard, definitely a good movie to watch, you know. And get your, as a family movie, you know, especially if you are from a black family and you got sons, watch that, you know. Get some popcorn and stuff and really watch that movie. I think it's very important. Yeah. And Soul on Fire, and then the single with Sheik Loops. Like, what? There's a lot going on. So definitely, you guys, 
stay tuned to that because I mean it's lit work. It, it, it never it's never a disappointment. Never a disappointment. True classic living legend because he's been putting in that work. He's been putting in that work and never fails. You know. So shout out to Onyx, shout out to Federal Star, and shout out to all of you guys that tuned in with me tonight on another dope week, a dope Wednesday, with one of your favorite WCWs. And if you're watching this from YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, that notification bell, so you can see all our interviews as we post it. And I bid all of you guys a very good night. Have a good one, folks. And I'm up off this. Bye.